I hit a wall recently. I don't mean like physically punched a wall, although it kind of felt like that. Um, I think everything maybe over the last last year has kind of caught up to me a little bit. You know, just emotionally, mentally, you know, really, I, I guess really spiritually, this all kind of caught up and I felt like I just, I just hit a wall, like a ton of bricks, just sitting on my chest. And um, I think part of it is because, hey, over the last... Uh, over the last year, hey, we're coming up on uh, anniversary uh, of coronavirus shutting everything down. I don't know if you're aware of that or not. Happy coronaversary. Um, we could have a cake, maybe. We could put something on the cake. It sounds like a beginning of a joke. What you know? What type of cake is a coronavirus? I don't know. Can't share it. But thanks for going there with me. Um, and I was kind of thinking back over the last year. Remember the beginning of this shelter in place. You know, flatten the curve. Uh, two weeks. This has been the longest two weeks of my life. Uh, and I, uh, my guess is you're tired of talking about COVID. I'm really tired of talking about it. Um, here's one of the reasons why I think we need to, though, is because it's still here, it's still around us. We're still dealing with it. And uh, you might even have different uh, beliefs about that. That's not really the point. The point is we're still dealing with it. And you know, we had to navigate what does it look like to have a wedding in the middle of a global pandemic? What, did we, what does it look like to have a funeral in the middle of that? It breaks my heart. And Easter and Christmas, I hate that Jerry Day had to retire in the middle of a global pandemic. I hate it. I hate that even as we're talking to, to James and Mel and sending them well and loving them well and doing everything that we possibly can, that they have to move in the middle of that. I don't like it. It changes how we do things. Like, I just don't like it. And I realized there's this wall, and just hit it. And there are these bricks in this wall, and, and they're like COVID-sized bricks and all these things. But it's not even just that stuff, right? There's other stuff going on. Here, here's an example, just a tip of the iceberg type example. You know, uh, I, here recently, just the, the racism and the hurt the fact that somebody who's made in the image of God hurts somebody else made in the image of God. And it breaks my heart. Breaks my heart. And I, I think I only understand like a sliver of it. But the fact that it, people care more about where someone comes from or what they look like or what they believe than they do that God created them or that they're loved, that we can't lead with love. Even people who believe some of what we believe in, in Jesus, if you do believe that, that that's where they're at. Hurt, hate, politics. It doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on. It doesn't matter what you believe. I turned out, I realized something the other day. Apparently, no one in politics has ever been wrong. And it just hurts me. Maybe it hurts you too. It's not about the policy. It's about the posture. It's about the way we interact. It's this negativity in our life. It's this hurt in our life. And I just hit a wall. I just hit it. And it felt hopeless. And then I'm in my office here at the Ridge. I'm in my office. I have my computer up. There's a blank document because I need to work on a message called Hope in the Negativity. I'm, I'm not making that up. God has a sense of humor. That's how I feel. And I'm looking at it and I'm going, how in the world can I say this? How do I say it? I mean, we're starting a series today called Stay Positive. Cartoons, balloons, do you feel that way? I don't. I think that's why this is so important. 
is it's hard. Things have been hard. And in the middle of all this, I'm going, I'm pleading with God. I'm like, I need help. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to do this. I feel weak. Like, what am I going to do? And I'm just reminded right in that moment, kind of the still small voice of God, you know, right in that moment, it was like, hey, you have help. You have hope. I've given it to you already. It's Jesus. It's baked right in. And, and that's really, I think, the foundational part of this, that we have to start when we're talking about hope, when we're talking about what's going on in our lives, we're talking about the negativity in the world, we have to start with this concept that because of Jesus and nothing else, because of Jesus, we have hope in the negativity. I believe that in my soul, in my heart, the depths of me, I believe it. But that doesn't mean I feel it all the time. Can you relate? It doesn't mean I feel that. And I'm even thinking through, okay, there are strategies to kind of approach negative thinking, right? Here's one. Maybe you've heard this. Write down something that you're grateful for every day. That's a really good strategy. If you're like kind of caught in a negative thinking loop, just write down something positive every single day and you can't repeat. It's a really good, healthy thing. That's a good one. Here's my favorite. It's called the three C's. You catch the negative thought. You challenge that negative thought with God's truth and you change it. You kind of surrender it or you, you change your circumstances. I do this all the time. I write it in my journal all the time. I was, this day, I went back and looked just a second ago. I did this. I went back and it was like three C's, catch it, challenge it, change it. And I have to admit to you at the end of that, I still felt that way. Maybe just a little bit better, but I still felt that way. It just still felt like everything caught up to me and that the wall was too tall for me to climb. It's too long for me to even comprehend. It's too deep. I can't go through it. It's too thick. It's too strong. And I'm going like, what am I going to do? How am I going to do it? And so I turned to the Bible. That's an occupational hazard for me. Like I'm a pastor, so that's kind of just a part of my rhythm. And I'm looking and I'm thinking and I'm praying and I'm reminded of this guy named Paul. Now, Paul wrote a lot of the New Testament, kind of the second half of the Bible, and he has so many negative circumstances in his life. I mean, he was shipwrecked. I mean, who gets shipwrecked? When was the last time you heard of somebody being shipwrecked? But he was, he was shipwrecked. He was stoned, like he got stones thrown at him. And he attempted murder, attempted kidnapping, imprisoned. All this negative, nasty stuff pales into comparison like, of what I'm dealing with myself. And, and he, in the middle of all that, because he surrendered his life to Jesus, he's following Jesus, he has hope. And he writes all of these letters about joy and hope and peace. And one of the letters that I was kind of thinking about was Romans, this book of Romans. And it, the book of Romans systematically goes through these things about Jesus, how important he is, the love and the hope that we can have because of him. So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to go through one chapter in, in that book of Romans, chapter 8, Romans chapter 8. We're going to be there the entire morning. And, and really, my hope, my hope for you today is that no matter what wall you've got going on in your life, in your heart, in your circumstances, whatever's going on in your life, that because of Jesus, we're reminded today that we can have hope in the negativity. So this is Romans 8.18. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. So when I read this verse, it doesn't jump out as hope to me. Not yet, at least. It, because it doesn't say we won't suffer. That's my preference. It doesn't say we shouldn't suffer. That'd be number two. No, it doesn't say that. What it says is our suffering today is nothing compared to heaven. 
So because of Jesus, because of the hope in Jesus, today is nothing compared to tomorrow. So have you hit a wall? We have to start here. It's nothing compared to the glory we get to experience tomorrow if we believe in Jesus. See, that's eternal perspective. That's an eternal hope. We're so focused. I am so focused on the suffering of today. I just, it's hard for me to wrap my mind around, around what's coming next. And I can't fully comprehend how amazing, how perfect, how wonderful heaven is going to be. Think of the best thing that could happen to you tomorrow. You know, the very best thing. And if you're thinking like, I get to take a nap, think bigger. Like, what's the best thing you can think of happening tomorrow? You get a a raise at work, promotion, you know, something like that. Something bigger. A new car. Get out of debt. Bigger. Illness goes away. Circumstances change. Bigger. Coronavirus suddenly disappears. Okay, now we're talking, but bigger. World peace. It's not just a Miss America answer. Bigger, though. How about this? No more pain. No more sorrow. No more death. No more tears. Because of Jesus, today is nothing compared to the hope of tomorrow. See, the thing is, if you believe in Jesus, maybe you've even heard that before. But we often don't live like this is true. I don't, at least. See, because of what Jesus did on the cross, we have this opportunity to be with him in heaven if we surrender our lives to him. That brings me hope. Even in the midst of kind of running up against that wall, there's another day coming and then another day in this life. And if it doesn't come in this life, it comes in heaven. And that's hope. That day is glorious. That's eternal hope. But it's hard to keep that eternal perspective, isn't it? Because we feel it. Feel the shadow of the wall. So how can we have hope in the middle of it, in today, in in the wall in your heart that you're thinking of right now? Well, because of Jesus, yes, not only is today nothing compared to tomorrow, but also, this is important, I have help in my weakness. There's a whole lot of weakness going on. I'm weak. I am. I admit it to you. There's a lot of stuff that I can't do. There's a lot of stuff I don't know how to do. And sometimes when we hit the wall, we're like, I'm not strong enough. I don't have it in me. I can't do it. I don't know what to do. And right smack dab in the middle of the I can't and I won't and I don't know what, right smack dab in the middle of that, Jesus shows up. This is Romans 8.26. Check this out. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. Have you ever been there? you ever been in that type of situation when you just don't know what to say, you don't know what to do, you don't know what to pray, you can't even, and you're there and you're overwhelmed, you know, but what, what's going on inside of you and you're angry or you're hurt or you're, you're sad or you're confused or your tears are welling up and you let out the deep frustrated sigh. I call it the sigh. Have you ever let out the sigh? It sounds like this. You ever let out anything like that? I mean, the Holy Spirit is literally God's Spirit that's a part of us when we accept and surrender our lives to Jesus. That's what the Holy Spirit is. It's a part of Jesus. See, Jesus doesn't just give us hope in heaven. It's like, hey, eventually when you get here, I'll help you out. As amazing as that is, he also gives us hope right now. And you hit the wall. You run into it. it you, I mean, just battered and bruised. You hit the wall and you go, ah! You let out the sigh. And the Holy Spirit, right in the middle of that, prays for us in the midst of our groan. 
You go, I don't know what to do. I'm so frustrated. Ah! And the Holy Spirit helps right there in our weakness when we can't, when we don't, when we don't know what to do. What happens when the Holy Spirit does this? Well, this is 827. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. This is like a mic drop in the middle of Romans 8. We don't need to know what to pray for. We don't need to know what to do. We spend so much time focused on what we think we need to do. But the Holy Spirit prays for us, and God knows what we need, even if we don't know what we need. And the Holy Spirit only asks for the things that align with God's will. That's amazing. That blows my mind. There is so much hope in this. Here's what it's like. I was kind of thinking of an example. Here's what it's like. It's like going to a restaurant and just not knowing what to order because their menu is too big. So you go to a restaurant whose menu is too big. Let's call it, I don't know, like the Cheesecake Factory. And you go there and you go, I'd like cheesecake. And they're like, we have a factory of food too. And you're like, I don't know what to do. And there's so much. And you're going like, I'm overwhelmed by this. And I don't know what to do. And you let out the sigh. And you're like, oh no. And then the waiter comes up and he's like, hey, can I take your order? And you don't know, you panic. You're like, I don't know what to do. He's like, I got you. I got you. So he goes, goes to the kitchen, talks to the cook, comes back. And it is the perfect meal. Not just what you like, not just good. It's the perfect meal. Not even what you would have ordered. You didn't even know you liked this stuff. But it's amazing. It's the perfect meal. And you go, man, he deserves a better tip. And this is great. Maybe you even make a joke. and You're like, it's like a miracle that he'd be able to do this. Well, it's like that. In the middle of your struggle, in the middle of your pain, in the middle of not knowing what to do, the Holy Spirit knows what you need and asks for it without you even knowing. It is a miracle that's happening in your life every day. But he doesn't even just stop there. This is verse 28. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. So you see how this is building? So the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. There's hope. The Holy Spirit pleads for us in accordance with God's will, even if we don't know how. That's hope. And God listens. That's hope. And he causes everything to work together for the good who have surrendered to Jesus This is a hope-filled verse. See, God loves us this much that even if we don't know how to ask, even if we don't know what we truly need, even if we are just desperate and alone and let out the sigh, he already knows what we need and God is working for our good. That's awesome. But we get confused at this verse too. See, we think, great, God's on it. That means it'll turn out the way I want, right? 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 Nope. Kind of. Not really. It's actually beyond our wildest imaginations. See, this isn't God saying that everything will work out the way we want. And part of me wishes that it says that. You know, God work for what I want. But, but I have to be honest with you. I know my heart and I know how broken it is sometimes. And maybe it's best that it's not what I always want. And I think we kind of know that maybe that's not how it works deep down anyway. Here's, here's how. How in the world could he be working for our good, but so many people have died from the virus? Have you ever asked a question like that? Fill in that blank. How could he be working for our good when we lose someone we love and that's not fair? How could we be working for somebody in despair or in abuse or in hate crimes or in homelessness? How? How could he, how could he be working for our good? And we look and we read this and he think, oh, oh, yeah, he's working for my version of what is good. And that's not true. 
Do you believe in Jesus? We're actually called to let go, surrender our version of what is good. So the fact of the matter is, my definition of good pales in comparison to what God calls good. And the good he's promising here to people who follow him for his purpose, right? The good he's promising here is to make us more and more and more like Jesus. God is using the things in our lives, good and bad, but the suffering in our lives to lead us toward the good that we would desire if we weren't full of sin. That's hard to wrap our minds around. That he's leading us toward what we should want, not what we do want. So think about it this way. I was kind of trying to come up with an example. Think about it this way. So we're God's children, and he loves us that fiercely. He just wants what's best for us. So as a dad, I can relate to that. So sometimes my kids want something with their whole heart that's maybe not the best for them, but they think it is. They want it so bad. Here was an example recently. My daughter Ainsley, she's almost two. She threw a huge fit. I mean, red in the face, tears, kicking, screaming, everything. She threw a huge fit because I wouldn't let her put her head in the oven that was on. Yep, it was on 425 degrees, and she lost it. It was for her own good. And the hope here is everything we go through works to bring us closer and closer and closer to Jesus for our own good. And if that feels like empty hope to you today, I get it, I know. But it's not, actually, because we don't fully comprehend it. So the joy and the peace and the hope that comes from being like Jesus we don't, we don't comprehend it. We, we can't actually comprehend it because we fall short. We're, we make mistakes. We sin. But the promise here is we don't have to understand it. We don't have to get it. We don't have to ask for it. We have hope because no matter what we have going on, see, nothing can separate us from God's love. So we come up on that wall and it's bad, and we feel bad, and we don't know what to do. And we can have hope because tomorrow will be better than today. And we can have hope because we have help in our weakness. And we have hope because God is working for our good, even when we don't know, and even we can't explain it, even if that's not what we want. And we have hope because no matter what we have going on, nothing can separate us from God's love. So what makes up those walls in your life? Really think about it. I mean, what bricks make up that wall? What do you think is strong enough to separate you from God's love? This is Romans eight thirty eight and 39. And I am convinced that nothing can separate us from God's love. So is it the stuff we've already talked about today? Is coronavirus getting you down? Fear or anxiety or depression or illness or grief? See, look, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. So is it something else? Is it the worst thing you've ever done? Not the one you tell people at parties, like the real worst thing that you've ever done. Or is it the worst thing that's ever happened to you? See, that doesn't separate you. A difficult relationship that you just don't know what to do and it's broken and you can't even, that doesn't separate you. A numbness in life, self-medication, addiction, no, that doesn't separate you. A new challenge that seems insurmountable and all this negative stuff in the world, no, that doesn't separate you. See, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. Is it a tough job situation? Well, that's child's play to God. Your kids just won't. Someone you love made a mistake and you don't know what to do and it hurts. 
that doesn't separate you. You've hurt someone you love and you've made a mistake and it hurts, that doesn't separate you. See, no power in the sky above or in the earth below. And you feel, I feel so far from hope. Like it's on the other side of this wall. I can't get to it. And you keep running up against it and you keep smashing into it. See, but look, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. We have hope in Jesus because we can't be separated from his love. It can't be done. Not in this life. I mean, what amazing hope. This is the type of hope that isn't limited by us. It's not limited by the walls in our lives. This is the type of hope that busts through the wall like the Kool-Aid man. and goes like, oh yeah! I mean, that's the type of hope that we're talking about. This is the type of hope that loves us better than we love ourselves. Leads us toward the perfect relationship with Jesus. See, hope tears down walls. The hope we're talking about is powerful. It's not passive. It's everlasting. It's eternal. It's not bound by death. It's not bound by our lives or our decisions or our hopes and our dreams or our sins or our failures or our weakness. This hope in the midst of what's going on in our lives isn't rooted in what we do. Praise God. No, it's reliant on the perfect love, perfect love of God shown through us in Christ Jesus. See, hope, hope, hope tears down walls. So have you hit a wall? Do you feel hopeless? You don't have to tear down the wall. You don't even have to figure it out. God does it for you. He's already done it. Hope tears down walls. Hope that comes from a life-altering, surrendered relationship with Jesus. See, I have hope because God loved me so much that he sent Jesus, his son, to die on the cross for where I fall short. See, God's standard is holiness. It's perfection, and I can't live up to it. I try, and I can't. And over and over and over again, I cycle in and cycle out, and I can't do it. But Jesus did, and he died on the cross willingly because of his love for us, for me and for you. But not only did he die on the cross, but he conquered death. He rose on the third day, and it's through Jesus that we don't have to be conquered by worry or suffering or pain. We don't have to be conquered by it. doesn't mean he removes it. We're just not conquered by it. See, Jesus says, I love you, and if you follow me, I'll tear down the walls for you. And it might not feel like it. It might feel desperate today. But that's what a relationship with Jesus does. It brings you closer and closer and closer and closer to God until finally we're with him in heaven. It brings joy, and it brings peace, and it brings hope. And it's with this hope that has the power to tear down the wall in your life that we can live through any circumstance, that we can rejoice in any circumstance because Jesus loves us so much he died for us. And if, if you've placed your trust in Jesus, if that's old news to you, my question is, do you live like that's true? I don't. But if you've never surrendered your life to him, Jesus is right there. See, he's waiting. Remember, nothing can separate us from the love of God. He's not separated from you. We feel like he's on the other side of the wall, but he's not. He's on this side of the wall. He's there waiting, willing to help. And if you follow him, if you believe what I'm saying, but have never been asked to lead your life and surrender your life to him, you can do it right now. See, hope tears down walls. 
So here's what I'd like you to do. Everybody, if you're at home, if you're here, wherever you're at, just bow your head with me. And if you've never prayed a prayer to give your life to Jesus, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that. So bow your head and you can repeat after me in just a second. But if you already have surrendered your life to Jesus, here's my question to you. Here's, here's my challenge to you. is As I'm reading this prayer, are you living like this is true? And if you're not, accept that hope. From wherever you are, repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I know that I make mistakes. There's nothing I can do to save myself. And at this moment, I place my trust in you. I surrender my life to you. I believe you died on the cross for me and were raised from the dead. I believe you love me. I believe you tear down walls with your hope. Thank you for hearing this prayer. Thank you for your love. Amen. Now, if you decided to believe and you prayed that prayer today, I want to celebrate with you. We do. And if you've believed for a long time and you're going like, okay, what's next? Like, how do I continue to grow? If you've never been baptized, I would encourage you to consider what it looks like to to kind of celebrate in that way. So here's what baptism is. It's this outward expression of an inward decision to believe and to follow Jesus. So if you're interested in doing that, we want to do that with you. We want to talk to you about that. If you want to learn about that, you can get in touch with us by texting the word chat to 812-408-1188. Or if you just want to talk to somebody, you just want somebody to pray with you, you feel discouraged today, you feel like, hey, I hear you, that hope can tear down walls, but I don't know if I fully believe it. I encourage you, text chat to 812-408-1188. We'll celebrate with you, we'll pray with you, we'll talk with you, we'd love to walk with you in that way. Because of Jesus, we can have hope in the negativity, we can have hope in the walls, it doesn't matter what the wall is, it doesn't matter how you feel. We can have hope because of Jesus. Hope tears down walls. I'd like to pray for us. Heavenly Father, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful that that's true. I'm thankful that it has nothing to do with what we do. That you step in there right in the middle of our weakness, right in the middle of our suffering, right in the middle of our pain, and you say, I I have it. I have you. I love you perfectly better than you can love yourself. I'm just so thankful for that. I'm thankful that you provide for us in perfect ways. I'm thankful that you tear down the walls, whatever's going on in our heart, whatever's going down in our mind, our soul, in our lives, our circumstances, whatever, that you're right there with us. You're tearing it down. Not because of anything we do, but because of who you are and your love. And I thank you for the cross and how the cross changes all of that. And that it doesn't even stop at the cross because the cross leads to the tomb and the tomb is empty because you conquered death and you can conquer our fear and you can conquer our suffering and you can conquer us. I'm so thankful. So today, help us live this out like it's true. That we live out this hope, this joy, even in the middle, right smack dab in the middle of the negativity. Thank you that you don't separate yourself from us, from your love. It's in Jesus' name, because of him that we pray today. Amen.